Matthew chapter number 8 and starting at verse number 1 is where we're going to read Matthew chapter 8 and going to start reading in verse number 1. Amen. And if you will and you get to your place in scripture if you'd stand with us this morning for the reading of God's word. How many of you appreciate the word of God? You say amen. Oh, it's uh, I've, I've said this before, and let me just remind you, I give you a warning. I will warn you, you get into the Word of God, it'll change you. It'll change your life. It'll change your thinking. It'll change your convictions. Amen. It'll challenge you. It'll, con- it'll deal with you. Appreciate the Word of God today. Hallelujah. Matthew 8. We're going to start reading in verse number one. If you're there with me, won't you say amen? The Bible said, when he was come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. And behold, there came a leper and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if thou will, thou can make me clean. If thou will, thou can make me clean. And Jesus put forth his hand, saying, I will. Amen. He put forth his hand, saying, I will be Thou clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. Amen. I want you to notice. I want you to notice some of these things that are taking place. And whom the Lord is dealing with. And who is coming before him. And Jesus in his response This morning, if we can, for just a few moments, I would like to preach to you on the thought, when the I am says, I will. Amen. When the I am says, I will. Would you help us to pray this morning? Father, I thank you today for your presence. I thank you for every heart and every life represented here this morning. And Lord, I'm thankful for your word and I pray that you would anoint it I know that you will it's your word it will not return void but it will accomplish what it's been sent to do Lord anoint my mind and lips as I preach and Lord I pray anoint the ears and the hearts of everyone in this building that we would receive Father as we handle the word of life carefully Lord, I pray, let it be planted in the fertile ground of our souls. And Lord, I just ask you to meet with us here, and we thank you for it. And we ask it in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hallelujah. You can be seated. When the I am says, I will. There have been many moments when my daughter has run to me in excitement as she would come to me and ask a question, whatever that question might be, it might be to go somewhere, it might be to, uh, to do something, to get something, whatever the case might be. And uh, sometimes 
in her excitement if while uh, before I ever have a chance, Sister Linda, to think about it, to think about what my response is going to be. I will often be told this thing right here, and that is, and some of you parents, when I say this, you will uh, identify and agree with what I'm getting ready to say. And she will say something like, Mom had already said she didn't care. Or that I can. And she says, so what do you think? Amen. What do you think about that? Because she is anticipating that my permission or that my I guess that's okay or I will allow you to do so uh, being contingent upon the fact that mom doesn't care. Because oftentimes, dads, you know how we are. Uh, we get asked a question and, and you know these kids, they're, they're, uh, they're masters at this. And what I mean by masters is you've got 50 people standing around you after church and you're talking and visiting and all that and here come all them kids and they're, hey, what about this and what about that? And they're trying, they're trying to catch us while we're down, I'm telling you. Trying to catch us while we're not paying attention. And, uh, and then uh, trying to, to, to let us know. But us dads, you know how we can be. We, you know, our, our way to navigate that sometimes is says, well, let's see what mom's got to say about that. And all the moms say, thanks for throwing us under the bus. Amen. Uh, and so the kids, they beat us to the punch and circumvent and don't want there to be any doubt and said, hey, they already said it's all right. Amen. And so I'm just waiting on your approval. And this morning, can I uh, say to you, and may I, I, I believe that God challenge our hearts. I'll be honest with you, this is not a message as to where I have been preparing or mulling over or God had put them on my heart two weeks, three weeks ago uh, as to where presentation uh, or all of the notes could be placed just right. Uh, but this morning, I, I woke up early and, and uh, Sister Tor the only thing that greeted me this morning is I felt that God whispered right into my heart and into my mind and I only heard those words and it was I will amen I will and Lord what does that mean and what does that encompass and so this morning these are things that God placed upon my heart and here's what I love about God's word is it is always on time and there are some that are in this building this morning as to where you're wondering and maybe you've been praying and maybe you've been struggling and maybe you've been fighting and maybe you've been under some pressure and this morning God had spoke to my heart and I believe it is my due diligence this morning to reiterate what God said to me and share it with you in the fact that the I am this morning I'm glad the I am is a God of I will Hallelujah. He's a God of I will and a God of I want to and a God that I can. Hallelujah. And this morning I know that all of us, we have said this phrase many times before as to where we would say, I had every intention of doing that. Amen. Have you ever said that? 
Some of you maybe said that this morning. Maybe, maybe you thought it. Amen. I had every intention of doing that. Oh, and as we look at this, I can just tell you right now, I know that you have. I know you've said it. I know it's come up in conversation. I know that it's something uh, uh, that you've said. I, because I have, amen, all of us to some time and some degree, we've said that somewhere. Somewhere between I want to and I will is often a wilderness. A wilderness of obstacles. A wilderness of reasons as to why it could not get done. Oh, hear what I'm saying this morning. With our very best intentions, we find ourselves limited. With our very best I want to's, we find ourselves falling short. With our very best intentions and promises, Brother Segura, of I will, we are confronted because our want to and our I will, there is often a There is often, as I said, a wilderness. There is a difficult road between I want to and I will. If it wasn't so difficult, if it was always easy, there would be a whole lot of I wills done. There would have been a whole lot of I want to's accomplished. But here we are. Here we are dealing with things, some things that are completely out of our hands, sometimes it's a change of schedule sometimes it's conditions that are around us sometimes our want to was tied to uh, somebody working in cooperation with us and maybe it was somebody else that couldn't come through we understand that we know those things that some things are completely out of our hands others there is a result of simply our personal inability to follow through. Sometimes the difference between I want to and I will, it rests upon not somebody. It rests upon not a situation. It rests upon not uh, 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 the, the surroundings of the environment. But it simply boils down to we did not follow through. We did not do what was necessary. Necessary. We were not prepared. We were not proactive. We were uh, we were procrastinating with our time, whatever the case might be. And it's just as easy to say, "Well, I'm sorry. It just can't be done this time. I just couldn't do it." But sometimes that responsibility falls squarely upon us, Amen. Because uh, we could not follow through. Our humanity. Our humanity is plagued by limitations. Our minds oftentimes full of thoughts about why it cannot happen. Our prejudices about who we think it could not happen for. Amen. It's not just about our limitations of thinking it can't happen. But sometimes there is prejudice that stands in the way as to who we think certain things cannot happen for. Amen. There are some people, some situations where you're looking and say, man, I don't know. I don't know about them. I don't know. That's a, that's a big mountain. That's a big circumstance. One of the things that I appreciate 
great. Amen. Just in the brief conversation, a text message my wife had with Sister Karen Brown's daughter, Sister Elena. She's a pastor's wife. Her and her husband pastor the Indian Village Assembly of God on the Alabama Cushada Reservation there on the outskirts of Livingston. And she was sharing about her mother's condition. And Sister Torbert, it don't look very promising and it looks very bleak. And in what she was saying, there was a statement she made. And she said, but God, amen. Is anybody hear what I'm saying this morning? But God, oh, can I tell you that even down to the end of it all, did you know that if somebody passes on, if somebody's not healed, if somebody rejects God and is not saved, it doesn't change the fact that the I am said that I will. It doesn't change the fact that God doesn't care or that God doesn't love. Oh, but can I tell you this morning is that all of the limitations, all of the reservations, all of the prejudices, all of the things we look at today and we say, preacher, that's good and that's great, but you don't know what I'm up against. You don't know what's going on. You're right, but I don't, but the I am does. And not only does the I am know what's going on, he stands and says, I have every ability. All power in heaven and earth have been given unto me. And it is amazing when the I am stands up and says, yes, I'm everything you need, but I will enact that power on your behalf. I will move just for you. Hallelujah. Oh, understand this morning. Understand today that as powerfully as the I am speaks, I will. There is the accuser who says he won't. Come on here. There is a liar and a thief. That's what the scripture defines the devil as. As a matter of fact, said he's been that from the very beginning. He's never changed his MO. He's never changed his agenda. A thief and a liar. Amen. With this, I want you to understand. I want you to understand this morning that there are a multitude, a plethora of things we have to get around. A multitude of things that we have to go through. There's some of you, can I just say this by way of the Holy Ghost. There's some of you, you've literally laid in the floor of your house. You've been in your very own prayer closet. You've been up against some things. Amen. Some things going on physically. Some things going on with your children. There's tears you've been shedding. There's things you don't understand. You look around and it feels like, listen what I said there, it feels like hopelessness. It feels like somebody's unreachable. It feels like somebody's untouchable. It feels like they're in places or that the time that there's, I mean, what are we going to do, preacher? What are we going to do about this? But this morning I believe the word of God wants to change challenge us to the fact to realize that some of you that are battling some of your darkest moments, some of the fiercest demons from the pit of hell, some of the greatest doubts you've ever incurred, I believe there ought to be something that stirs in our spirit and says, hold on, before I believe another lie. 
before I believe another false report. Whose report will I believe? I will believe the report of the Lord because the I am still says I will. Somebody give him praise in this house. Doctors' reports, bankers have said, the bills have said, the child has said, the marriage counselor said, the lawyer said. Oh, all of these things we can list. And can I tell you, I believe, like Sister Dottie Rambo wrote, in the midst of my shadows, in the midst of my darkest parts, there's a God that stands in the shadows, standing somewhere in the shadows you will find him I want to let somebody know your situation has not intimidated heaven hear me it has not intimidated heaven I want you to notice a couple of things this morning this man after Christ coming down from the mountains and great multitudes the word of God says following him This man with leprosy, we don't know how long he's had it. But I'll tell you this, from the minute he had it, Brother Eli, it was a minute too long. Come on here. Come on here. From the minute he had it, it was a minute too long. Some of us can identify. Maybe for now, a certain amount of time, time has went on. Suffering has went on. Situations have carried on. And here you are further down the road living with such things. And now you're wondering now that I'm so far into it. Is there any help? Is there any rescue? But the very minute you came into it was a minute too long. You can identify. He had spent however long a part of his life at dealing with limitations, dealing with the fact that he was unclean, dealing with the fact that he was untouchable, dealing with the fact that he was, listen to this, untreatable. But he got word of one who seemingly had no limits. One, as I said earlier, in whom all power of heaven and earth belonged. His mind was already made up that Christ could. I want you to hear that this morning. Oh, you see, there's something powerful because I want you to understand the Bible says that there was a great multitude that followed him. The word of God often points out to a singular person or a singular situation in the middle of the multitudes because there is someone brother Chad with such an audacity with such a condition with such a thing I mean we've seen we saw where it was uh, Jairus we've seen where it was the centurion had the servant dying at home which is later stated in the text that I'm reading to you there were the blind blind Bartimaeus who cried out on the road there were the four that brought their friend and tore the roof off to come to where Jesus was. The Bible implicates that there oftentimes are some people some people that maybe, just maybe that there would be some who would look at them begrudgingly. They would look at them and say how dare they have the arrogance to think that 
Jesus would stop everything he's doing just for them, just for their need. But Sister Linda, the more I read the word of God, I believe that it is not arrogance. But Sister Cindy, I believe that it is somebody who has reached the end of themselves. They have reached the end. They have lived with their limits. Sister Anna, they have spent all they had. Every physician said there's no hope. There's no recovery. There's no rescue. And what you're finding, ladies and gentlemen, I would like to present to you is not arrogance, but somebody who came to the end of the line, the end of the rope, the end of the situation, the end of all external help. Hear me. All external help. You see, there are oftentimes those of us, we are not seeing the I wills happen yet because we have not reached the end of ourself. Because there's still someone in here and you still believe it's going to be you to save your kids. You can pray. You can set an example. You can have rules and you can have, you can have the things that, that are non-negotiables in your home and, and what you stand for and those are to be respected and I admire that and you should. You should do those things. But there's still some that you're still reaching. There's some of you that are thinking, some of you couples that are thinking that the only solution to the conflict in the home is only going to be because of the two of you just figuring it out. And, but yet there, you're needing a, a God who will say that I will. And God's looking for those who are at a point who are audacious enough. Out of this great multitude, here comes this leper. I want you to picture with me what happened. This great multitude. Jesus is coming. Everybody's following. And I can you see it? You see those lepers. They just couldn't be out in the public. They just couldn't be out anywhere. As a matter of fact, if they did, they constantly, where they went, they cried, unclean. In other words, stay away. I'm contagious. I'm broken. I'm a mess. I'm untouchable. I'm untreatable. And so he couldn't just, he couldn't just, you know, be at that revival meeting they was having on top of the mountain. He had to ambush them. Come on here. Desperate times call for desperate measures. It's kind of like the kids after church I was telling you about. I was, I was going somewhere with that story. Hey man, Ashlyn knows. Dad's talking to two, three, ten people. And here she comes to question. Hey, by the way, what about this? What about that? Right? Trying to catch me. Off guard. Can you see him? Here's the multitude. And he's not, he, he says, I'm not going to, this time I'm not crying unclean. 
This time I'm not advertising my disease. They already know. When they see me, they're going to know. If I tried to go into that meeting, if I tried to get up in that mountain and be with them, I couldn't. But the Bible says they're coming down. And can you picture? I see him. I see him hiding. I see him hiding out and waiting. And this man, this man who by all societal rules and regulations was supposed to make his announcement supposed to declare he was supposed to listen declare all of his limitations here he is hiding and he says I know I'm limited I've been living limited I've been, I haven't felt the hug of a person in so many years who knows it could have been a man like Nahum, Naaman who his, his family lived somewhere else while he was fighting the disease living in a leper colony they're just escorted to die and I can see him, Brother Chad, he's hiding out. Oh, and he finds, he says, I don't know. I don't know exactly if I'll know when he comes, but I'm looking for the I am. And Brother Judy, there's something powerful. The Word of God says that deep calls the deep. And can I tell you, he may not have met Christ before, but when that long, lean leg of the Nazarene came down out of that mountain and he probably heard somebody call his name and he looked and brother Ringo I believe something jumped in his heart when he saw the I am and he don't make an announcement he just runs and falls and worships can I say this morning church there's nothing more powerful than somebody at the end of their rope who says I can't do anything else but what I can do I will worship the I am in the middle of the I can't. Bible says he falls there. I want you to notice something. All of a sudden that crowd made room for him. What do you mean? His limitations, the unreachable, the untouchable, the untreatable. There he is. He's wrapped in his leopard clothes. The smell smell of rotting skin on his bandages blood and pus and infection are seeping through I tell you something leprosy wasn't a pretty sight and there he is most lepers they were losing fingers ears some of them the nose would fall off come on here terrible terrible you might have come in here this morning and your body is whole. But in your unreachable, unmanageable, untreatable situations, there's all kinds of wounds. There's all kinds of things. And did you know that accuser, the first thing he wants to tell you, don't you be a fool and don't you be arrogant. Don't you know what kind of person you are? Don't you know what kind of sin you have? Don't you know what kind of failure you've been? Don't you know, oh, I know you shook hands with the preacher Wednesday and you smiled and you was here praying, but Thursday, Friday, and Saturday happened. And here you are. Who do you think you are? There's somebody in this house you're sitting here today and it was hard work for you to get here. It was hard work for you. It wasn't because you had a flat tire or because your engine blew up. It wasn't because there was a flood and it stopped you from getting to God's house. Some of you, it was hard getting into the house of God because of what was going on right here. Because of what was going on. 
what was going on in here. That enemy telling you you're unreachable, you're unmanageable, you're uncurable. And here this man says, you know what? I've lived with limits all my life. My mind is limited today. My home is limited today. My kids are limited today. My emotions are limited today. My physical body is limited today. My finances are limited today. My feelings are limited today. So therefore I've got nothing left to lose. I wish to God there would quit being pretenders in the church. Acting like we got it all together. And may God help us to fall down at the feet of a Savior. Who says I can't but you can. And not only can you but you will. Oh. Hallelujah. I believe this man was not saying, listen, he was not saying that statement for Jesus' sake. Jesus already knew that he could and Jesus already knew that he would. But if anything, he was saying it for himself. Come on. He was hiding out, didn't want to be seen, but when he comes and he falls down at his feet and he worships him and he said, Lord... He said, I know you can make me clean. I know that you can. 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 Oh, I wish somebody just get that in your soul this morning. I know that you can. I wish somebody just tell the Lord right now, I know that you can. I want you to see the, the picture in your mind of that child who's a prodigal. And I want you to say, I know that you can. I want you to remember the pain of what it was when your marriage trying to be ripped apart. And God said, and you just said, I know that you can. I want you to remember while some of you, hey man, while some of you were backslid and some of you were lost. And that you finally reached a day and said, I know that you can. Or somebody's in here. Hey man, Brother Ben. I know that you can. I know that he can. Come on here. Brother Mike can testify and say, I know that he can. I know that he can, Ben. Oh, oh, but I, you know, I've got this and my kids and all this confusion and chaos. Oh, but Sister Sandy, I know that he can. Is there anybody in here? Brother Eddie sitting in the prison when there was a time addicted and your life upside down. Aren't you glad that you reached a point that you found somebody who said I know that you can when you walked into the church and you stepped in the building the very first time and tears ran down her face and she looked at Gloria and said all I know is I'm home all I know is there's a God that can when somebody who don't know oh brother Gilbert on the morning where there's no power in the building but there's Holy Ghost power and says oh I've been running amok I've been away from God but I know that you can is there anybody in this house that still believes I know that you can I know that you can if you will I know you can It was almost as if, like my daughter, mama done said you could, 
done said, it was almost as if he's speaking on behalf of the Father. I know that you can. He said you can. The only thing stopping is will you. The only thing stopping is will you. Oh, do you know what the good news is? Listen, Brother Hemp Hill, that whole crowd, you know what happens? That whole crowd. A leper. A leper. Get back. Get back. We don't want to catch that. We don't want to be around that. Come on. Some of you, you're tormented in your mind and tormented in your body. And you feel like if you were to be open and honest that people would say, oh. I don't want to catch that. I don't want to be around them because you understand there's some people, they'll befriend you as long as everything is good in your life, but you let some of that ugly come out. And you'll come to realize you don't have as many friends as you thought you had. Come on here. You let the ugly come out. You let some of your issues come out. You let some of those things, come on, you let, you let your anxiety show up. You let your temper flare up. You let somebody see your imperfections. You have people say, oh, I don't know about this one. But listen, did you know that those things are just a reflection of what you can't do? But can I tell you, Brother Josh, God does not want you to stay in a condition of I can't. He is not looking at you. That congregation of people, that multitude of people said he's untouchable. He's He's unreachable, he's unmanageable, he's untreatable. And you know what Jesus' response was? I will, I will, I will be thou clean. As a matter of fact, even before he said I will, the man that was untouchable, the man that was contagious, the man everybody wanted to stay away from, you know what Jesus did? Put his hand on him. The Bible says he reached out and it touched him. I came to tell somebody this morning. The devil's been around you. Every demon in hell's been around you. And said get back, get away. Trying to keep God away from you. Trying to keep others away from you. But oh Holy Ghost help me this morning. But you are here today. And Jesus is reaching out to you. And Jesus is saying, I know you've got all the reasons of why I can't, but I'm the I am and I will. I'm the God that still redeems. I'm the God that still renews. I'm the God that still revives. He said, I am the resurrection and I am the life. Oh, if you're dead enough, he's got life enough to pull you out of the grave. To pull you out of the muck and mire. To change your mind. Sister Carly, if it's all right with you, I'm just going to share something. I ain't going to try to steal her thunder and she knows pastor ain't going to try to embarrass her. Remember what you shared with my mother-in-law? Is that all right? I got your permission? All right. Sister Carly was up here by my mother-in-law a few services back. She was worshiping. She texted my mother-in-law. She said, I'm sorry. She said, I might have stomped on your foot while I was worshiping. 
Now, Sister Carly would ask me, and about my mother-in-law would have said, you should have stomped the other one while you was at. <laughs> Not really, Mamma. <laughs> Not really. Oh, and so my mother-in-law was texting her. You know what Sister Carly said? She said, I'm sorry. She said, I was just so happy. She said, because I forget then how many days it had been. She said, where I hadn't been on any anxiety medicine. She said to where God, she said, Jesus has been working and Jesus has been touching. And she said, all I knew is I was worshiping because he's alive and he helped me. Oh, and it touched me. Come on here. I still got a bag in the bed of my truck and it's got anxiety medicine inside of there. I still got a bed in the back, a bag in the back of my truck and there's still Marlboro lights in the back of that bag. Come on, somebody. I'm still, I'm looking across the sanctuary and I see a young man who came up in this church and a couple Sundays back him and his wife down at an old fashioned altar and God restoring a life. I'm looking at some folks. I don't care how long you've been saved. I don't care how long you've been singing in the choir. I'm here to tell you we are all testimonies of a God who says, I will, I will, I will be thou clean. Some of y'all, some of us forgot. Some of you done thought you've been this way your whole life. Some of you done remembered. Oh, you forgot. Oh, but from the pulpit to the back pew, this is a church full of people who are testimonies of a God who said, I will. Somebody give him praise in this house. Brother Danny, Sister Carolyn, oh, won't you stand all over this house to your feet? Come on, somebody worship him right now. Somebody give him glory. Come on, church, somebody lift your voice. Right now, where you are, lift your hands. Is there somebody who says, I know that you will? That man said, I know you can, if you will. I know you can if you will. I know you can if you will. Hariba sato yalabakai. He adododo reba baba mamashai. Oh, somebody's here this morning. You're running from God. He's been dealing with you. He's been convicting you. Oh, you'd say, Pastor, I've got limitations. I've got hang-ups. I've got failures. I've got problems. Oh, but I'm here to tell you the God, the God of I will, the I am says I will save you. The I am says I can forgive you. The I am says I will restore you and make you whole. You're running from God. You're lost this morning. You ought to grab the hand of somebody next to you. You got a mom, a dad. You've got a loved one next to you and say, I want to go pray. Come on, I'm asking you. I'm asking you. 
Oh, it's not can God. It's not will God. It's a matter of have you reached the end of your rope? Have, are you tired of running? Are you tired of making excuses? Are you tired of saying that you can't? This morning, it's a situation in your family. It's a situation in your marriage. It's a situation in your finances. It's a situation in your body, your health. Oh, there's things emotionally going on. There's some things happening. I want you right now. That's the altar call. If you believe that the God of I will and the God that says not only can I but I will, I want you to step out from where you are. I want you to come. I want somebody that will believe. I want somebody that's at the end of their rope. I want somebody that says, I don't have the answers. I want somebody that says, I'm unreachable. My situation's unmanageable. Oh, I'm untouchable to many. Oh, it's in your mind. It's in your heart. Oh, in the name of Jesus. Don't you wait another minute. Don't you wait another moment. Don't you wait another second. Right now, God's speaking. Right now, is there somebody that'll believe? Is there somebody that'll believe and say, what I can't do? Lord, that's what I'm believing you to do. I know that you can. I know that you can. I'm only going to ask you a couple more seconds here. If that's you, why don't we come? Why don't we come? Don't you hesitate. Right now, maybe you've got a family member. Maybe you've got somebody you're trying to pray a situation through. You're trying to get, you're trying to wrap your mind around what's going on. Come on. Don't you wait. Come on, church. Right now, you pray. Right now, you begin to believe God. Right now, you begin to ask Him. Right now, you begin to stand in faith. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Oh, the devil is a liar. The devil is a liar. Oh, Lord, I know that you can. Go ahead, Sister Carolyn. Oh, come on, church. Oh, let's pray right now. Let's believe right now. Nothing is too hard. 